So it's proving to be a long, hot, painful, and violent summer. Some are reminiscing about summers of the late 1960s in this country. Others are starting to feel the edge of despair. The list of cities on our prayers list grows as one trauma compounds another. Orlando, Istanbul, Dakar, Medina, Baghdad, and now St. Paul, Baton Rouge, and Dallas. Perhaps the last of these is among the most ironic, where a police force held up as a model of community policing and reform-minded leadership suffered the bloodiest attack on peace officers since September 11th. So, too, we have the tragic witness of young lives cut short by senseless brutality from the hands of those who were sworn to protect them. So today we add to our prayers as well Alton Sterling and Philando Castile. I could go on, but there are many pundits to do that for me. Some Sundays, the lectionary speaks presciently to our time, and this Sunday is one of those Sundays where we hear among the most familiar of Jesus' parables. The story is so familiar because so many of us were taught this as children, and at the surface, it appears the most accessible and comprehensible of Jesus' many wisdom tales so easy that the phrase Good Samaritan is a familiar phrase describing neighborliness to many who are outside the Christian faith. But sometimes, sometimes the ease of telling causes the more powerful teaching of our Savior to elude us. Jesus is telling this story to his religious contemporaries who were very clear about who was worthy and righteous and who wasn't. In that worldview, Samaritans were pariahs, heretical outcasts, with little to no legitimacy in the minds of Jesus' audience. That Jesus casts a Samaritan as a hero was the first clue to his listeners that he was turning their religious and social world upside down, and it should be the first clue to us that he is turning our religious and social world upside down as well. Just yesterday, a parishioner in the East Bay posted a resonant account on one of my colleagues' Facebook threads. She wrote, four years ago, I was rushing to buy one last gift in downtown Walnut Creek a few nights before Christmas. I took a bad fall and fell splat on the sidewalk. I had broken a bone and I was stunned. I couldn't get up. Nobody stopped. People ignored me as they walked around me and kept going. Finally, someone stopped. He took my hand 
and he said, Jesus loves you. I recognized him as a local homeless man, unwashed, smelly, alcoholic, and so kind. He stayed with me until help arrived. Twinned with the shock of the Samaritan's faithful witness is the indifference in Jesus' story of the esteemed religious authorities who crossed to the other side of the road. The lawyer who posed the question to Jesus would have recognized the priests and Levites as the faithful ones in his own day, and yet they are the ones who leave the man dying in the ditch. We in white America, and particularly in the wealthy and often pious sanctums of our communities, were shaken this week by the image of brutality against African Americans and the ensuing violence. We should allow ourselves to be shaken because then we have a chance of being shaken awake and perhaps when we are shaken awake, we might notice a profound and possibly hopeful irony of our age. This sort of violence has been going on for generations. Even when chattel slavery was ended by the bloodiest war ever on American soil, even after the Constitution was amended and laws were rewritten, the threat against the lives of people of color particularly young African-American men, continued, in some places almost unabated. The data today is so plain to see for those who care to look, the disproportionate violence that befalls an entire generation of African-Americans in many of our cities. Just this week on NPR, they were doing interviews of people who lived in parts of the Bay Area, a young woman, not a day over 25, who lives in West Oakland was talking about how three men she has loved in her life have been gunned down. You know, too, the high level of incarceration, the risks, as we all saw this week, of driving or even simply walking on the street while black. So while our brothers lie bloodied and left dead in a ditch, we who are privileged by our race and class in America have been able to cross to the other side of the road. But here's the hopeful thing. It seems now we might not be able to do that too much longer. The cameras that now inhabit our fragile democracy and the ease of social media means that this brutality can't continue unnoticed. It can't go on without being posted, without going viral, without grabbing us out of our sometimes willful ignorance and drawing us back into the trauma that continues to make too many American streets feel like a war zone. Some of those streets, as we all know, 
are very close by. Our society is very much like the lawyer in today's gospel reading. We have been asking for generation after generation, politically and socially and economically, down to the very bedrock of our communities, who is my neighbor? And the answer, even in this heartbreaking, bloody week, is so clear, is so clear, that it cut even our most arrogant political narcissism in the presidential campaign down to size for just a moment. So the question for us, the challenge for us, is the same challenge as it was for that lawyer in the gospel today. Will we roll over and go back to sleep? Or will we wake up and embrace that critical vocation of hope that Jesus places in front of us when he says, go and do like the Samaritan? We cannot love God without loving our neighbor. We cannot love ourselves without loving the other in our midst. And we cannot be free from trauma, violence, and fear until all of our neighbors are freed. We are enjoined again this week in that great struggle embodied for us in broken bread and a common cup. Our Savior who disclosed this struggle to us and calls us to it again and again who calls us to that faithful path that leads to a cross. In that path is the transformation of all the pain and the history and the trauma and the brokenness in our communities that we carry. The pain of bereft mothers, sisters, brothers, fathers, families, neighborhoods, communities, nations, the whole world, all of it, carried in hope, in hope of transformation, transformation to new life in God's love. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.